Hello and welcome to a new episode of Healing Through Pain. I'm your host, Steph, and this is a show that dives into health and healing where we discuss how to show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that life sends our way. Today we're going to talk through one core question that we all ask, an additional question that those who are trauma affected definitely are asking. Thanks so much for tuning in. So as we get started here, and what's funny is I realize I I start that way invariably and I want to transition better. I just don't know how right now. So as we get started here, it's just going to be my redundant phrasing apparently. But one of the things that really occurred to me this last week is there's one fundamental question that we tend to ask, but there in a trauma-affected brain is actually a primary question, at least from my understanding, that's going to preempt us understanding the core question, or at least it's going to have to be addressed first. And so I want to give a little bit of an anecdote where I've been spending time doing some of my own internal work and you know, I've, I'm sure I've shared in past episodes that relationships in general for me are very terrifying. It often takes me the broad side of about three or four years to actually get close to someone and to be in a dynamic where I feel like I can trust and I can trust well. And we have enough relational collateral built to where I don't question every slight or every struggle that comes my way or comes within the context of the relationship. And so one of the things that gets curious for me is when there's a new opportunity in front of me or a new relationship that I'm trying to navigate, and it's moving faster than the cadence of about three to four years, which is okay for things to move faster, of course. But one of the things that I notice is I get tripped up in a trauma response actually pretty quickly. And so over this last week, I've just had a couple wounds that have been pressed not intentionally by anyone, but they're just kind of things that I'm trying to grapple with. And I found myself Friday afternoon, um, I had plans and the plans fell through. And this is something that for me gets a little frustrating because I'm very intentional with my time, which I've shared that with the audience in a variety of episodes. But there was kind of a series of about three disappointments in my Friday morning, where by times I got to around noon, I was just kind of done. And one of my friends keeps encouraging me when big emotions come up, I'm just supposed to sit with that. And I'm a doer, so sitting with something is not my fave, but I'm the one posting on Facebook that you don't eat it away, you don't smoke it away, you don't drink it away, you just sit with it, and I know that's the proper procedure, I just don't know how to do it. So I'm hoping at some point I have good clarity on what it means to sit with it, but I gave it a really valiant attempt on Friday. So as I was feeling disappointment, I was thinking, you know what, just go home, go sit in the apartment, and just kind of you know, zone out and be fine. And instead, I decided to go and take myself out for lunch, which is a new area. It's a new growth area. I hadn't really ever gone out alone before prior to about July. And that in and of itself was such a win to start kind of going out and being in public and being okay being alone. Although when they did say like, Steph, party of one, um, I, I recoiled a bit at that, but that's okay. We navigated that okay. And as I'm sitting at the table waiting for my order and just kind of sitting in the frustration of the morning, I found myself being drawn to like two core questions. And one of them, I think every one of us wrestles with, and that's, do I matter? So I've mentioned the Joe Martino show, and Joe is a friend who uses the verbiage, not only in his book, The Emotionally Secure Couple, but also as I watched him do marriage therapy over the course of my internship with him, Um, He asks three core questions and he says, am I heard? Am I valued? Am I safe? 
And I really like the verbiage. I think for a long time that made a lot of sense to me. But I'm actually going to reorder it in a way that my, my brain has kind of helped me understand it, at least in a personal application. And that is that we're all asking a core question of, do I matter? And I think we need to be reassured that we do. No matter how much bravado we have, no matter how much we're checked into our own life, no matter how much confidence we have, I think at least intermittently, we all want to understand that we matter to someone, that there are people out there that we bring not only added value into their life, but they want to bring added value into our lives just because they like existing with us. It's not people who are drawn to what we produce. It's not people that are drawn to what we can tangibly give them. And it doesn't have to be a big crowd, but it does need to be key people that show up and let us know that we matter. And so as I'm sitting there at the restaurant, I'm understanding how pervasive that sense of sadness was and how much I'm wondering, what's it all about? Do I even matter? And it's not that I cognitively wrestle with that. It's that emotionally, sometimes the fear shows up that maybe I don't. And I feel like a lot of us struggle with that on occasion. For me too, it's one of the more maybe difficult pieces of clinical work that I have to engage. Kids who feel that they don't matter to their parents. Or spouses who feel unseen and that they don't matter to the person who's been entrusted to love them. Or parents who don't feel acknowledged by their own kids at all. Or people who in general feel overlooked or slighted or just that others are indifferent to their existence. And it's so incredibly painful. One of the conversations I have with actually quite a few kids who come in to see me and I'll just anecdotally refer to one gal in general right now. She just uh, transitioned from high school into college, and she is so dynamic. Every time we get to spend time together, I just light up. She's so much fun to be around. She's, um, she's engaging. She's intelligent. She's fun. She's just lively. She's got depth of character. She's so intriguing to be around, and yet some key people in her life can barely stand her. Some people who have been entrusted to love her and walk with her and raise her kind of just recoil at everything she does and holds holds it against her and just really laments and gets frustrated with how obstinate she is because she's a teenager who has the audacity to test boundaries, which, spoiler alert, they're supposed to do that. Hopefully that's clear by my sarcastic tone. But what I know is when I sit with her and I can look her in the face and I can say to her, look, here's what I know. When you sit in front of me, I enjoy every moment of it. And when we talk about your life, I'm intrigued and I'm excited because I understand the journey that you're on. What I know is that you're kind, you're honest, you show up well for other people, and they're missing it. Let's say in her case, we're talking about her dad. I say to her very directly, I say, I am so sad that he misses it, that when you show up in his life, you're an inconvenience or a nuisance because I just don't see it that way. And for some reason, he's missing it. And I'm sorry for that because I know how painful it is. You're getting the message that you don't matter. And I'm letting you know that he's the one that's wrong here. You do matter. And not only are you incredibly important, but you're special. And you're someone who's going to do incredible things. But for a while, you're going to have to hear my voice telling you that you matter because it has to outweigh his voice, which says you don't matter. And I vehemently disagree with what he's putting out there. And over the course of the last few months together, we've made a lot of headway where she understands her value. And because she understands her value, she's had to put some limitations on the relationship with people who have been entrusted to love her. 
because they keep sending a message that she doesn't matter. And it's so significantly painful. But there is a question when we have a trauma-affected brain. From my point of view, there's a question that actually preempts, do I matter? And that's, am I safe? If I don't feel safe in a context, I can't even tune in enough to understand if I matter or don't matter. And I think we physiologically are wired for safety. Our brains and our bodies are wired for safety. And that question actually has to be answered first. I can feel valued by someone. I can understand that I matter to them. But the actions in the relationship are going to allow or disallow me to feel safe. And hey, it feels like such an unfair ask to say to someone, hey, I have this damage or I have this baggage. And if we are going to spend time together and if we are going to be successful in a relationship with one another, we're going to have to navigate some extra tough stuff because at my core, I do not feel safe in relationships. And it often takes me long swatches of time, like years and years of consistent action for me to put my guard down. That's the nature of trauma. If I expect to heal, I need to address the pervasive sense of unsafety, but that can only happen in relationship. That what's been damaged in relationship has to be healed in relationship. And so as much as it feels like an unfair ask, I personally don't have a backup plan. I have to work on healing and feeling safe and letting my guard down in the context of relationships that feel safe to me. And then I can grapple with, do I matter? To what extent do I matter? And I can start navigating that. And I want you to think through the defensive weapons that so many people have. One of the things we've talked about in the past are the solutions that we don for safety. And I'm probably going to spend more time in future episodes really parceling this out. But for me, one of the pieces that kept people at bay in my life for decades was copious amounts of weight. So I've shared that I've gone through quite a dramatic weight loss story. That was really the first piece of armor that I shed. But now I grapple with the fact that there are other defensive mechanisms that have shown up and have kind of become front and center in my story. And they're still defensive weapons where I'm asking, is it safe for me to let my put my weapons down? Is it safe for me to operate and navigate in a relationship well? And then I can ask, do I matter? But the safety piece for me comes first. I don't know that that's everyone's story with a trauma history. But I do know that I work with plenty of people where if we can't answer the fundamental question of am I safe, the rest of it just doesn't matter. If we go into Maslow's hierarchy of needs and we look at safety as the core foundation of someone being able to scaffold into higher meaning and purpose, safety matters so much. One of the things I want you to consider too, why do you think there are so many people who are engaging in things like self-defense or engaging in things like martial arts or significant amounts of weightlifting where they're changing their body to be big and brawny and somewhat untouchable. Now, I'm not saying everyone that does that has a trauma history, but I know copious amounts of people use their trauma history as motivation to become a high performer in some type of physical discipline as a defensive mechanism. I had a friend say to me just recently, he said, and and pardon if this is offensive, that wouldn't be my intent, but he says, you have a real don't F with me attitude. He says, like, when, when I look at you, when it's casual conversation and, and I don't know you well, you put off vibes that you are not to be messed with. 
And I would have to agree that that's true. For the longest amount of time, I didn't really make eye contact with people in public. Now, when I was heavier, I would because I was very apologetic about my size and I was constantly trying to gauge if other people were uncomfortable around me and trying to compensate and overcompensate for kind of the unsightliness of extra weight that we kind of culturally have stigmatized. But over the last couple of years, I rarely make eye contact in public outside of maybe just recently that's a skill I've been working on. But I do give off a vibe that says you don't mess with me. And that is another defensive mechanism because I don't perceive the world around me to be safe. Now, am I inaccurate? Yeah, there are plenty of people and plenty of contexts that are safe. And I'll learn that if consistency over time shows that to me. But it's this key question. Yes, I want to matter. But first, I need to know that I'm safe. And then I can engage that question. And so I guess what I want to really walk with you here is If you have people in your life that matter to you, reach in, lean in, let them know. Because we're all asking that as a key question. Do I matter? Does anybody care? Is it going to be okay to just show up as me? And am I going to be received well? And if you're dealing with someone who has a trauma response that's going on, understand that a pervasive need for safety might even preempt them being able to hear that they matter. So then you have to show up consistently over time not looking away, inviting them in even when they're struggling. And when that question of am I safe is answered, then they'll see that they do matter because you took time to ensure their safety. Now, if this doesn't land with you, I think that's okay. This is just some of the things I was wrestling with this last week. And it was just interesting sitting in in the restaurant and just allowing fear and frankly terror to wash over me and really try to grapple with what's it all about. I think for the first time, Maybe not the first time. That might be an exaggeration. I had clarity on why I've avoided asking those questions and sitting with it. But when I sat with it, when I started to hold it, when I started to feel the terror, I understood that I'm not alone in this. It's a question that many of us ask. I'm in a vulnerable season, so I'm probably going to ask it more often. But I'm also going to be needing calm reassurance that I'm safe. And because I understand that about myself, I'm able to put language to it and share it with those who are closest to me and let them know what safety looks like to me and also work on healing from the pervasive need to be safe in all contexts. That's where we're going to end it today. As always, if you're willing to share, that's such a huge gift and so appreciated. I'd also like to encourage you to reach out through email if you're interested, healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. You're welcome to comment. You're welcome to like. You're welcome to engage on Facebook. Whatever that looks like, any time you spend with this podcast is so much appreciated. I hope you guys have a good rest of your week and we'll show up again on Wednesday for some more musings. Thanks so much.